Hey everyone, I'm Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. This is season three of Fresh Invest, your favorite investing podcast sponsored by Fidelity Investments and powered by Morning Brew. This season, we're getting you the answers that can help you understand and prepare your finances in volatile market conditions. Last week, we covered how exactly the current market is impacting investment portfolios and the tangible ways investors can maximize their portfolios in the current market. Today, I'm excited to talk about passive income and how investors like you can potentially earn money with little to no effort. It's a subject that, according to a survey we ran at the beginning of the season, you, the audience, is most interested in, and for good reason. Having a steady stream of passive income is a financial goal that many people dream about. They write in their manifestation journals about it, and they itemize it on their list of financial goals. It's a topic that's become increasingly intriguing in today's market as investors look for successes and a better foundation for building wealth. In today's episode, we're breaking down passive income strategies with Meredith Stoddard, who's a life events experience lead at Fidelity. Together, we'll explore how both seasoned and novice investors can get in on the action, important details to keep in mind, and what you can do with some passive income options once you have it. Then next week, we'll focus on the newer up-and-coming opportunities for passive income and discuss which of these strategies can help hedge against inflation, a topic that, not surprisingly, is of major concern for listeners this season. All right, let's get down to it. Meredith, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thanks, Alex. It's great to be here. So let's start with laying the groundwork. Could you explain who you are and talk a little bit about what you do at Fidelity? Yeah, my current job is to work at Life Events, where I and a team are tasked with helping people to navigate tactical, financial, and emotional aspects of major life events, such as divorce, buying a home, changing jobs, or navigating the loss of a loved one. I've also spent years in roles that I help clients directly uh, with their financial life and a few other firms. Um, And in my personal life, I'm in graduate school for a sustainability degree, and I have, on the side, been involved in many passive income strategies myself over the years. So you are the passive income guru. So before we dive into details, could you clarify what passive income is and just as important what it isn't? Yeah, passive income is a means of investing your time and or money into activities that can generate income without having material participation in order to generate that income. Some examples could include renting out something you own, investments that pay dividends or interest, monetizable content, being a silent partner in a business, and many, many others. Keep in mind that the IRS does have specific guidelines around what exactly is, quote, passive and what the thresholds are. But for conversational purposes today, we're just talking about things that are not really your full-time paid job. The other thing to note regarding passive income is, to your point on the interest being really big, is our research team has identified three trends that are surfacing lately. One is that earned income through a regular full-time job is dropping while unearned income is rising. So that's a rise in side hustles, freelancing, um, that sort of thing. The independent workforce is booming, so that's a lot of people going out on their own and, and just sort of trying something that gives them a little more autonomy. And like I said, side hustles have caught on. It's a, a big trend all over the place, and everyone wants to figure out how they can get in on the action. And so for folks that haven't necessarily figured out exactly how to earn passive income, but they want to dive in, what are some traditional go-to methods that retail investors can think about when looking to earn passive income? 
Yeah. There's a lot of traditional investing options like buy and hold strategies, such as buying a bond ladder, buying an index fund, a real estate investment trust, um, or owning dividend producing stocks, among many other options. And I know next week you'll cover that in a lot more detail. Some other options that have come up a lot in recent years, there's a lot more platforms to do it than ever before, is things like renting out a room in your home, real estate investing, whether that's long-term renters, um, short-term rentals, renting out things that you have that others don't. I used to have a storage unit and I charged $70 a month in my condo. It was a tiny little condo, but there was a storage room and someone wanted it. So it can be anything. Um, It's not limited to a certain way of doing it. Awesome. So I think that's a great explainer of what passive income is and the ways in which any retail investor can think about putting their money to work into passive income investing instruments. Let's talk about the pros and cons of passive income. So I think it's important to understand why these strategies have historically endured through economic ups as well as down. So can you walk the listener through key advantages as well as drawbacks of these time-tested methods? Yeah, I'll start with the drawbacks. I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind. One is that The word passive can be a bit of a misnomer. I think about the short-term rentals that I've done. It involves a lot of correspondence and back and forth and making sure that the person has a good stay. They know where to find the trash bins and everything. That's a bunch of little things that can add up over time. So there's a lot of them that are set it and forget it, but there's a lot of them that do require kind of ongoing engagement. There are a lot of ups and downs in in certain areas, but some that have been around for a long time is obviously real estate. Um, My grandmother used to rent out a room in her house in order to make ends meet when I was a kid. And now there's just a lot more platforms in which you can do it and a lot more shows on YouTube and cable TV that show you um, how you can spruce up a place to make it more viable. So almost anything you can do is going to be cyclical to some degree. Some things like real estate can endure across generations. Other things, maybe a flash in the pan that are going to get some quick income and then get out before it gets bad. Um, And so I think the most important thing to keep in mind, regardless of which one you pick, is that you have a genuine interest in it. Uh, There can be a lot of drawbacks in following the crowd and just sort of jumping on the bandwagon to do what everyone else is doing. I think there's, there's something to be said for following your passions and interests and growing it from there. So as someone who spends a lot of time just studying the media industry and consuming a ton of content, I've noticed so many content creators recently creating content about different ways to earn passive income. Again, from short-term rentals to long-term rentals to owning laundromats. I want to better understand why has this space evolved? Clearly, it's evolved in a way where a lot of people are talking about it, but what's actually driving that change? I think there's a couple of macro trends. So one is that COVID has kind of caused a lot of people to question their lives in general and how they're spending their time. The longevity of companies on the S&P 500, for example, is getting shorter. It's not the same kind of stability that our parents' generation saw. And so I think people are looking to kind of hedge their bets a little bit more. Um, career goals are shifting for people. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of research showing that um, younger generations really want to be involved in their families and recreation and um, have other priorities besides work. And, um, you know, that's causing people to look elsewhere if their work isn't as flexible as they want it to be. And the Affordable Care Act has made it easier for people to get health insurance outside of their workplace. And so people are finding that gives them the autonomy that they crave. You mentioned this a minute ago, and I think it's so important to hit on because I don't want people to be disillusioned to what it means to be a passive investor. You mentioned that sometimes passive investments or generating passive income isn't actually passive. You mentioned uh, renting out 
uh, your storage unit or short-term rentals. There's a ton of correspondence with the folks that stay in your place. Provide some more context for the listener. Is passive income actually passive? My answer is no. However, there are there are certainly some things like an in you know that you're going to get into next week. The traditional investing vehicles. Yeah, there's absolutely a way to do that. What I'll say is for things like real estate, I've been renting out properties for 25 years, long term rentals, and I've seen a lot of landlords get into the business and try to think it's like easy money. And they get annoyed when someone calls with a maintenance request. And I kind of think of it the other way is I try to make sure that I'm providing a place to live that I would want to live in. And I try to be responsive. I remember having some renters who were asking, there were scuffs on the paint and they asked if I could fix it up. And at first I was like, seriously? But then I was like, you know what? If they care that much about the scuffs on the paint, then awesome. Like they are going to care about my place. It's worth investing in the unit, in the relationship and over the long term. So, you know, you can say, no, I'm not going to do that and kind of be more hands-off. I tend to find that that's really a mutually beneficial win-win if you're actively involved and actually care and kind of have a long-term view. So I think you've set a really good foundation for listeners. You know, we understand what passive income is now, what the advantages and disadvantages are, uh, when it is actually passive versus not really actually passive. Now that investors have taken this knowledge, they've put their capital work, and they've started to actually generate passive income streams. What are impactful ways to actually leverage passive income once it starts coming in? I would treat it like a separate bucket. Regardless of how you use that bucket, everyone's going to have very different priorities. If you have student debt, if you have credit card debt, if you're saving for a home, if you're trying to start a family, everybody's going to have different priorities. For some people, it's about building a nest egg that they can go off to the side that will enable them to launch off into something else someday. For other people, it might be you feed it back into the business and buy more real estate, start a second podcast. The other thing that I think is um, important to note is listen to your instincts. To your point on a lot of podcasts and content creators, some of the content creators talking about the passive income, the content that they're talking about is their passive income. So they may or may not have actually made a ton of money on what it is that they're talking about, um, but their content is actually generating more income. And so there is sort of this clickbaity thing that can come up. And that's why I'm really adamant about people thinking through what's going to work for them, what can they truly handle, what do they have the knowledge and expertise for, and what are they going to be willing to invest in as they grow their, their business, if you will. You start to answer this, but I would just want to go a little bit deeper for listeners, which is a big question that inevitably investors will have as they become passive investors is whether they should invest the passive income, whether they should use it to pay off debt, both, something else. What should retail investors or passive investors keep in mind before making any sort of moves uh, in terms of where to deploy that income that's coming in? Yeah, I think one of the most important principles to keep in mind is diversifying your income strategy and your savings strategy is a really important principle that goes back. It's an investing principle that applies to your whole life as well. It's something that you can pour it back in, but if you're taking loans upon loans in order to build this business and it doesn't go well, then you could be in trouble. I mean, I've heard stories of people mortgaging their house to buy crypto and now they are regretting it. And so I just think you have to be careful about what does that mean to you? What are your options? If this falters or has a down cycle, um, then do you have a safety net? Do you have an emergency fund? So I'd say you want to kind of take a step back, you know, whether you're passive investing or not, take a step back and assess your strategy 
at least once a year, ideally a few times a year. Make sure you're clear on what your goals are. What's your risk tolerance? How do you want to spend your time? And then readjust accordingly, because as things change, your goals are going to change. And and you want to be able to be nimble and and, um, have a good sense of where you are and where you're trying to go. Makes total sense. Have one last question for you and for you fresh invest listeners. Hopefully you've been listening to the whole season. And if you have, you know that we've been sourcing questions from the audience that we've been asking Fidelity. So one question that I have for you, Meredith, from the audience is, how can you get into passive investing with little capital? And I think it's such a great question because people look at even what we were talking about earlier with short-term rentals or long-term rentals. And they're like, yeah, that's great in theory, but I don't just have hundreds of thousands of dollars to go out and buy a property. What is the thought process you'd go through if you're one of these investors? A couple of things. One is get the image of what you see on the the shows and the videos out of your head. I was a real estate agent right out of college. And um, I sort of half joked that my even 20 years ago, my, my job was partially to break people's hearts and help them level set their budget against their expectations. And there was always a compromise, no matter what the budget. And so you have to kind of rethink, like you, you could, it could be easy to look at the guy down the street who bought this really big house for no money and got a great deal, but you have to start smaller or start in a different area and pivot your strategy based on what you have to work with. The other thing to keep in mind is there are some things you can do that are really small, like put out some content because you enjoy it. And then as time goes on, keep adding to it and eventually it turns into something. Um, but you might want to just start with something that has a really low overhead. And then next week when you get into it, there's a lot of investing strategies. We have a lot of zero minimum things that you can buy and invest in and start really small and dollar cost average just a little bit each month. And um, it doesn't seem like you're doing much in the first few months or the first few years, but five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line, it really does add up. So it's time for a reality check. Don't just uh, watch TV and expect that that's going to be the way that you generate passive income, assess all your options. And there are options for people who are trying to put a ton of money to work to start generating passive income. So just make sure you know what those are. Uh, Meredith Stoddard, thank you so much for all your insights and for joining Fresh Invest. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining me today on Fresh Invest. I hope you now have a better sense of the traditional passive income strategies out there and how you can leverage this capital once you have it. Passive income has always been an appealing way to build wealth and the current market has only added to that alert. As more and more investors look to boost their financial security and build wealth, understanding what's worked historically can provide some super helpful context. Tune in next week to hear more about passive income. We'll continue this conversation by exploring some of the newer strategies that are accessible to everyday investors. There are some pretty innovative and interesting options out there that I look forward to chatting about. So stay tuned. I'll see you then. Hey, everyone. This is Alexandra Bass from Morning Brew. And as the producer of Fresh Invest, I'm here to let you know that this podcast was created on behalf of Fidelity Investments by the Morning Brew Creative Studio and does not reflect the opinions or point of view of the Morning Brew editorial team. Sources are provided for informational and reference purposes only. They're not an endorsement of Fidelity Investments or Fidelity Investments products. And on their side, Fidelity is the paid sponsor of this podcast, which includes providing Fidelity personnel for interviews and publications with Morning Brew Studios and content development. Fidelity and Morning Brew are independent entities. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative purposes only, and is not a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The views and opinions expressed by the speaker are his or her own, as of the date of the recording, and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions. And Fidelity disclaims any responsibility to update such views. 
These views should not be relied on as investment advice and, because investment decisions are based on numerous factors, may not be relied on as an indication of trading intent on behalf of any Fidelity product. Neither Fidelity nor the Fidelity speaker can be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information offered. Please consult your tax or financial advisor for additional information concerning your specific situation. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal, non-commercial use and may contain copyrighted works of FMR LLC, which are protected by law. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without permission of FMR LLC. Fidelity and the Fidelity Investments and Pyramid Design logo are registered service marks of FMR LLC. Copyright 2022 FMR LLC. All rights reserved. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. A bond ladder, depending on the types and amount of securities within it, may not ensure adequate diversification of your investment portfolio. While diversification does not ensure profit or guarantee against loss, a lack of diversification may result in heightened volatility of your portfolio value. You must perform your own evaluation as to whether a bond ladder and the securities held within it are consistent with your investment objectives, risk tolerance, and financial circumstances. To learn more about diversification and its effects on your portfolio, contact a representative. Changes in real estate values or economic conditions can have a positive or negative effect on issuers in the real estate industry. Stock markets are volatile and can fluctuate significantly in response to company, industry, political, regulatory, market, or economic developments. Investing in stock involves risks, including the loss of principal. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure profit or guarantee against loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC, member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917.